Do you know why the phoenix sits on the right hand of the emperor? She is his guardian, his protector. That she's both beautiful and strong. Your job is to bring honor to the family. Do you think you can do that? Hey everybody, welcome back to the Lookout Podcast. This is your host, Elias Roush. This podcast is sponsored by EliasRoushMedia.com, photo, video, digital media production. Today we are discussing Mulan, the 2020 film. Mulan is a 2020 American action drama film produced by Walt Disney. It is the live action adaptation of Disney's 1998 animated film of the same name. Based on the Chinese folklore, The Ballad of Mulan. The film stars Yefei Lu, sorry if I get these pronounced wrong, probably will, in the title role, alongside Donnie Yen and Tease Ma, Jason Scott Lee, Yosin Ang, Ron Yan, Gong Lee, and Jet Lee in supporting roles. It is directed by Nikki Caro with screenplay by Rick Jaffa, Amanda Silver, Lauren Hynek, and Elizabeth Martin. Um, we best know the director, Nikki Caro, from her early career in basically very small, very, very small um, Critics' Choice Film Awards. Uh, I mean, like, what was it? Whale Rider back in... Uh, I saw that, Jesus, how long ago was that? Whale Rider was probably easily 10 years ago. I, I can't find the, uh, 2002, oh my Jesus, 18, 18 years ago? I remember watching that on DVD for the first time. Yeah, so anyways, uh, you know, uh, not very large, uh, you know, filmographies. Uh, what does she have? Uh, Memory and Desire, 1998, Whale Rider, North Country, A Heavenly Vintage, McFarlane, USA, a Zookeeper's, The Zookeeper's Wife. Um, and yeah, this is uh, her next film after The Zookeeper's Wife, Mulan. She's also done a little bit of television as well, Mercy Peak and Annie with an E. Um, but yeah, so she's not a very big, quote unquote, big uh, filmmaker. And so, kind of going back and just looking at what she's done, the only thing she's directed, written, and produced was Heavenly Vintage. I have not seen or heard anything about it. Don't don't really know too much about it. Um, looks like it might have got a Sundance, some sort of award, award. I don't know, something award. Toronto TIFF Award in 2009. But other than that, she is relatively small in uh the scheme of things and so this is one of the biggest production budgets with a female director 200 million dollars um plans for a live action remake and began in 2010 but the project stalled in development hell oh god development hell we don't want to be in there so back in march 2015 a new attempt was announced with caro and hired to direct in february 2017 <clears throat> Lou was cast in the title role in November 2017 following a cast call of a thousand actresses and with the rest of the cast joining over the following year filming began in August 2018 and lasted 
through November taking and taking place in New Zealand and China. And I wanted to say this because I think the absolute look and the budget of this is through the fucking roof. And for them to put it just on Disney Plus, um, give or take the story. I'm not going to say that the story is worth putting on the big screen, but I thought the look of this fucking was dripping with uh, gold. I thought it just looked phenomenal. So let me just say that. And when I talk about this, I don't want it to affect anyone's opinions of or think that my opinions affect um are being affected by the political views of the people that are in this movie so i i just want to say that straight up right now um they are apples and oranges and so anyways with a budget of 200 million they decided to it's the most expensive film ever directed by a woman and um Yes, so there is um, a lot of controversial stuff behind the scenes with regards to some of the main actors and actresses. So uh, we'll put that to the side. We will say that before COVID, it was supposed to be originally held. The premiere was supposed to be originally on March 9th, 2020. But because of fucking COVID, because of stupid we had to... uh, Push everything to VOD or wait till the next year otherwise. What is going on with this bird? I'm about to go freaking Robert Pattinson on it. Sorry about that. Some birds just don't have any dignity for people recording a podcast. Jeez, the respect. God. (laughs) Oh my goodness. Anyways, Mulan was delayed kind of relatively indefinitely till about... September. So September, they had decided, all right, everyone that has Disney Plus, you can rent it, you can rent it, you can rent it, you you can rent it. We got subscriptions already and they're telling us we can rent it. What the hell? So it's considered a premium, a premium VOD purchase now. So let's just talk about that real quick. A premium VOD purchase apparently means it's a brand new movie just like this. It has one of these hundreds of millions of dollars in the budget. So they need to make up the money somehow. But most people are not going to want to watch a movie. Or if I guess it really depends on you know how much a, a movie ticket would cost and how much you really want to watch the movie. So this review is going to kind of slant towards, I guess, how much you're putting into the movie financially and time-wise. I guess it's the same amount of time if you're renting it or VOD in it. But basically, if you're listening to this review in between September and I think it's sometime in December, there's this $30, $30 that you have to think about purchasing. And my thing is, for the budget that you get, it's going to probably... It's it's aiming for an older demographic than the 1998 animated film. So if you're putting this on thinking that you're going to entertain a family under 8, you know, I'd say under 10 years old, I think you're you have another thing coming. This is kind of a slow burn of a remake of Mulan. And I think it's done with grace, although it does feel like it's kind of a Western panning in a way, just because everything's kind of in English and, and whatnot. Um, but, uh, or a Westernization of uh, the, the Mulan telling, it feels like, in a way. 
but um a lot of it is very much the same as the 1998 film but the you know you don't have your mute you don't have your moo shoes you don't have your um the you know racist stereotype dragons or something like that you don't have uh a lot of the uh you don't have the music obviously it's not like the other um i think i read an article that said there's like 17 live action disney remakes i think like over half of them have a rotten tomato score and um like a rotten rotten tomato score and I think Mulan is one of the few ones that actually is done okay. I think it was in like the 80s or something, maybe 70s last time I checked. Um, but I, I kind of agree in that vein. I don't think it's, uh, yeah, I'm seeing it now. 75% on Rotten Tomatoes. IMDb is getting wrecked. It says 5.4. Um, <clears throat> but I think that critics uh, would probably agree that Mulan probably is a winner in, in their book. Um my my only thing is um let, let me pull out the notes you know I, I, when i when i start rambling and i don't know what's going on i just need to pull out the notes cuz you know stick to the script the script's good um mulan okay so here are the pros and cons for mulan just as always we're going to talk about both the pros the cons and then we're going to a spoiler section for the movie um but for um for the numbers' sake, the film has grossed forty-six point eight million worldwide, give or take. Um, I'm not sure if, if that includes VOD or not. I, I assume that does not include VOD. See, like, if it was geared for a slightly younger crowd, like I I think it might be a little bit. It would capture the attention and the audiences of slightly younger people, and you would be more encouraged to have more, you know over you know maybe five kids over eight uh, have sleepover for the kids and they're watching Mulan and you can go do whatever um but this feels like it's for older kids and if or you know more of a teenage or, or what is it preteens or something like that it's just like I I don't think they're going to all sit there and watch Mulan it, it, it's kind of a sticky sticky point you know it's like they're aiming for a subsection of teenagers that don't really care to sit down and watch a two-hour slow burn performance, you know. So it's a it's a sticky situation. It's almost too long in a way. But anyways, let's talk about the pros. Beautiful cinematography. I, I thought the cinematography on this was uh, absolutely gorgeous. Mandy Walker is the cinematography uh, uh, DP on here. Um, and I saw that she has additional credits on, um, oh, what the fuck are her credits? Okay, so, um, are these the films? Okay, featured films. The Mountains Between Us was kind of recent. Hidden Figures, uh, Jane Got a Gun, Truth, Tracks, Red Riding Hood, Beastly, Australia. Um, that was at the Boz Lerman. And, uh, yeah, Shattered Glass. That uh, Shattered Glass was with uh, the guy that played uh, Darth Vader, um, or Hayden Christensen, um, or eventually Darth Vader. You know, so I mean, I would the cinematography on this specific movie is the type of cinematography that makes me want to go back, study the frames. I mean, just the the lighting alone is amazing. So 
the cinematography makes me want to go back and study the frames, but also makes me want to go back and check out the other things that she's also produced. And you know, um, so the action, I was impressed by the action. I heard some people were not as impressed by the action. Um, the attire, I thought they spent an especially uh, a lot of uh, there was a detailed amount of time of uh, on on the attire. The drama is on the main cast. And the supporting cast is essentially having the fun. And I don't know if there's a good balance. It reminds me of Aladdin with uh, the new world building and uh, that sort of uh, stunt work as well. The cons of this movie, I think, it's... Uh, I don't mind a slow burn beginning, but this is a really slow burn beginning to the point where it could have been edited more. It's the editor's uh, David Coulson. Um it's a tad dry. Like I said, we don't have the Mushu stereotype. Like, I'll, I'll talk about the Mushu stereotype and the 1998 um, remake, or not the, not the remake, but the 1998 original film with uh, Eddie Murphy as the voice. I will say, yeah, there were some problematic parts, but to, the, to be honest, I didn't think there was anything as problematic for the Mushu character as there was with the Robin Williams character as the genie. So... Um, I, you know, there, there's always bound to be something a little bit, uh, it's not scandalous as uh, racially scandalous. Is that a, is that a, um, is, is that a term? I don't know what the right term's called, but you know, it's, it's a little bit walking the line, but I, I would have to ask, uh, a, so I would have to ask, ask some people just, if they're offended by Mushu, because personally, when I was watching it, I got, you know, some, some vibes of him doing, uh, you know, some slightly racial stereotypes, but I, I didn't think they were like offensive. I didn't feel like they were actively offensive. And so I don't know. Um, so anyways, uh, slow burn beginning, tad dry writing and the editing. It's just those couple things really damper this, um, damper this movie in a way so let, let me kind of compare it to other like live action movies like uh that are kind of geared for maybe not 10 year olds but 11 12 preteens and stuff like that um like national treasure i really loved national treasure as a young uh a young boy or however old when i when it came out I felt like this movie was trying to be kind of if that subsection of like Pirates of the Caribbean Disney. It was trying to be the National Treasure Disney. But we did not have charismatic actors on screen the entire time um, as we did with, you know, Nicolas Cage and um, what do we have in uh, National Treasure and then we have Pirates of the Caribbean. We had a full cast of people that were just fun to watch the entire time. I didn't really feel like the actress Mulan was like having an actively fun time being this character. She does feel very gracious with the way that, um, you know, she carries herself. But I was just like, okay. Um, she doesn't seem to... I felt like the young Mulan enjoyed being Mulan more than the older Mulan. I don't know. It, it, there was just a lot of wishy-washiness with it so um with saying all that let's hop into the spoiler section of mulan so before we jump into the spoiler section i will say if you're not dying to see this just wait for it to come on your disney plus and just save the 30 bucks 
um, unless you you're unless you think it's of some sort of representation um, and you're helping the 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 cause kind of thing, then yeah, I I would honestly just wait. So let's jump into the spoiler section. Also, the music is by Harry Gregson Williams. I wasn't too familiar with who that is, but I kind of enjoyed what it was. Um, yeah, he's from Spy Game, Phone Booth, Man on Fire, Chronicles of Narnia, the first one, Deja Vu, X-Men, Origins, Wolverine, Martian, and, of course, the Shrek franchise. Um, yeah, he's he's got some musical talent under... He's got some cre- credentials under his belt. Um, so, yes, let's... Um, talk about this in the spoiler section so that first scene oh my goodness um what is with the scene of her falling off the building i know it's supposed to show that she has this chi so apparently this chi is something that is not part of the original mulan and when i watched it it was it it showed how mulan in the first 1998 movie is having to work at getting better and stronger and crafting her skill versus what is it this uh, you know this one she's just automatically a baller and a beast from like age six or something like that doing uh, flips off the top of like a five-story building and uh landing it all and somehow still pissing the neighbors off i don't i I don't i don't know what's going on but there is this like energy slash midichlorians thing like the star wars thing you just you you can't let anyone know you've got this chi but you gotta let it out but there was this kind of thing like um this like trying to realize who you are kind of thing it's it's like don't hide who you are kind of message throughout the entire Mulan series. Um, and it's kind of based on that. It's like man or woman, you can do the job kind of thing. Um, but there also was this kind of LGBT aspect about it. And I do feel like they just skate the top of it off of all of the uh, um, the homoerotic stuff that somewhat happens with the training camps, uh, scenes and whatnot. I'll, I'll go into a little bit more details. So anyway, the first things I noticed off of it, off this movie were the great colors. I was like, Oh my goodness. Um, bring honor to the family. That is something that is repeated from both of the Mulans. It's like, you got to bring honor or you, you, you bucked, you, you better bring that honor. Um, uh, let's see. I, I thought the action was, not bad, but the editing is what kind of disrupted it in a way. Um, let's see. I, I, when I was watching this, I was like, this is some straight-up National Geographic shit. I, I was just blown away by the budget of whatever this was shot with. Um, one thing you realize when you're watching this first uh, 20, 30 minutes, it's 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 a woman living in a man's world, and it absolutely has to suck. Um, and so the, just like the original one, basically it's not a shot for shot, but there are there are uh, same blocking, uh, many similar shots. Um, but I do feel like this Mulan kind of does redirect in a way some of the the imagery in a way and i like this imagery better than most of the live action disney stuff i did not like the live action disney beauty and the beast i only watched like the first chunk of it i just couldn't get through it i don't even think i reviewed it this was a while ago um 
but yeah, I and I thought The Lion King was okay, but it was more of a technical achievement. But that was shot for shot almost relatively besides bucking in the air tonight or whatever the hell they fucked up on. <laughs> um but anyways, back to Mulan. Um let's see. So this is uh showing we have to show Mulan dressing as a man, and at first I was like, wait, where did Mulan go? And then it did a zoom in, I was like, holy shit, yeah, she does for a second. And then when she takes off her hat, she completely looks like a girl. There is not for one second that you don't think it's Mulan. It's like, how does no one think that, that <laughs> like, I understand that they had the 1998 uh, character go through this, like, whole transformation which the thing about the transformations of the 198 i i'm it's kind of hard not to talk about the two but the music musical montages serve as like a storytelling showing how she's progressing through the story and i feel like the lack of progression in this and pacing in this is due to that not having that progression of music and we so we don't see the progression of who she is and what she's doing and so it, it really um hinders this movie and so she joins the crew, she joins the guys, she joins the, uh, uh, the, uh, well, I don't even remember who they're, uh, who the guys are, what is it, they're, they're, it's this, uh, group of warriors, they're trying to fight against the invading Rohan warriors, um, and, let's see, let me see, yeah, it's Khan's army, ah, yes, it's the Imperial soldiers arrive, so that is uh, who the uh, the Imperial soldiers are who Mulan ends up joining and becomes a trained soldier with uh, alongside a bunch of inexperienced uh, recruits. Um, but yeah, let me um, go back to the notes real quick. So yes, I really felt like this first 20 to 30 minutes of the movie really dragged along in a way that it showed the same things that happened in the 1998 version but it took about twice as long and it was not nearly as enjoyable to watch and with the exception of the cinematography i just thought it was like wrap it up son so uh you know i laughed a couple times with the random dude snuggling with the other trying to snuggle with mulan and these uh, uh the scenes of them you know training and stuff like that i really I realized that having not seen the cartoon, it, it seemed way more dramatized than I was ever expecting. But apparently, this is uh, some of these were shot for shot, you know, shooting, uh, training with the arrows and the dude cuddling and whatnot. And um, I love the the colors of the background versus the attire. And what I realized is the the supporting co stars that are introduced in this movie. They aren't introduced until about 30 minutes into the movie, so you're just kind of sitting there with Mulan talking to nobody. She doesn't have Mushu, she doesn't have, she does, her father's there for a little bit, but I mean, even that, I mean, it's not like y'all are having that most interesting conversation. It's always, always about bringing honor to the family, and the stuff with the sisters, uh, fun, but you know, it doesn't last long. I just felt like the majority of the, of this film she doesn't have anyone to bounce off of and when i say bounce off of she doesn't have anybody to be real with she doesn't have the audience to 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 inform about so we're having to gain all of 
all of her emotions from her face and she is not bringing she it's hard to tell if she's even enjoying being the character of Mulan cuz I'd say the majority of the time it looks like a distress um let me see what else we got she um she shows out because of her chi and um one thing I realized is that she's not really supposed to be showing her chi, I guess. It's kind of like holding who she is inside. Um, and eventually that's what gets turned on her head, and that's why the hawk woman likes her or something. I don't know what the hell. Um, so it takes an hour for her to laugh. I actually looked at the timestamp. I was like, an hour? This character is having, quote-unquote, this much fun, and it takes her an hour to laugh? So like, this is forever. So they have this major drum... Uh, drum battle they have this major battle uh you know with the, i think it's the the khan's army and uh versus commander tongue's army and it was uh it was it was pretty crazy it was i i liked how it was generally shot but it they didn't really feel like they went to war i i felt like it was like the drums were coming and the the things were happening but nothing really developed in a way that I was like holy shit you know I I got a couple of good because it's a Disney movie because you can't show blood because you can't do all this it just felt like people were being like pushed over and stuff like that and some people no one really felt like they were in tons of trouble for the longest time in, in my opinion um and based off of what I was do writing in my notes. I I I watched this a couple of weeks ago, so sorry if I'm a little bit hazy on the what had happened. Um. So what else do we have? Lots of practical effects with uh tons of people and horses. So I will say there's a lot of CG, but there's also a lot of people. I you know th there's just as much of practical as as there is probably CG. I know there was CG and wire work. Uh, used on some of the action scenes with the hawk lady using her uh uh scarves to like scoop people up it was pretty crazy i was like okay that's pretty dope um but um and, and i thought this was some of the better action from disney's live action movies i don't feel like lion king was that impressive past uh uh you know aladdin i maybe jungle book i didn't i didn't get to see that um so I said it was an underwhelming battle until uh, Mulan shows up, or straight up Wonder Woman. Um, and when that crow attacks, that was that was pretty crazy. Um, got the those uh, Rowan guys got bucked up by that blast. I think it was the was that the I think that was the avalanche blast. Um, and using decoys as Sorry, using helmets as decoys was pretty smart for Mulan. I actually think she did that in the uh, the original one as well. Um, the avalanche was impressive, but it didn't make any sense from how she got there so fast and got out of there at the same time. Just from a blocking standpoint, she just got in and out of there in no time. Um, and so when she's saving everybody at this point... No one said anything about her being a woman until, like, right immediately after that. I was like, I retract that. She's told to leave or die. I was like, Jesus, she just saved y'all's life. You can't believe y'all are doing that. You didn't have to do it like that. Um, 
And after all of that, I'm thinking, my gosh, Mulan looks great considering minimal showers and a battle. She looks like she's just like gone for a hike up the mountain, two hour hike or something like that. And <laughs> she's been like beaten, battered, uh, avalanche torn. Like it's just what the fuck? Um, so basically she goes away. She, uh, I can't remember if she has like a, <clears throat> like a mental, I think she has like a mental connection with the Hawk woman or something like that. I can't remember exactly, but anyways, she ends up getting pushed away from <clears throat> the Imperial soldiers and then accepted back by the Imperial soldiers. It's like, did y'all even have to do that? <laughs> it's like, come on now. So she's accepted pretty easily by the crew. It's by one of the the guys that really liked her. I can't remember his name at the moment. Let me see if I can get it real quick. Target acquired. It is uh, Hongson Ho, played by Janssen on. So anyways, um, yeah, that guy, Hong, Hong Hei. I'm sorry if I'm mispronouncing. I'm not trying to be disrespectful. I just, I don't know. I forgot his name. Um, that guy's definitely got homo, uh, homo erotic tendencies towards the male Mulan, but then he was really feeling female Mulan. So it is like, okay. Um, I guess she's accepted now. And it just feels like all of a sudden they just, because this guy says, you know, she saved my life. Now I want to accept it. it. It felt like for some reason, for some reason, like he didn't want her in the, he didn't want her as a soldier two hours ago, uh, you know, two hours ago in the story timeline. But for some reason she comes back and explains herself a little bit better that all of a sudden that it's, uh, you know, it's all good. It, I didn't feel like the transition, there was no transition. It's not like, oh yeah, well, we're going to start accepting women in our, you know, uh, establishment now. It didn't feel like there was just all of a sudden this just big turnkey. I didn't feel like she ever had this big moment of revelation of saying, you know, m you know, men and women can do equally the same thing if you train your mind to do, you know, whatever, you know, I, I, I I'm not trying to put that on the pedestal i'm just trying to say if if that's what the movie is going to say <laughs> then say it i just felt like she was like i saved your life she basically gave the same uh i felt like she gave the same uh argument she was like the first time she's like i saved your life what does it matter if i'm a man or a woman they're like get out get the hell out of here we don't want to see your face get out of here and then she comes back she's like i saved your life and what does it matter if i'm a man or a woman they're like hmm She's got a point. She's definitely got a point. <laughs> so, uh, yeah. Um, what else do we have right here? Pretty accepted, easily accepted by the crew. And uh, the Phoenix follows. This entire movie has this, like, Phoenix. I don't think that... I don't remember if the original has the Phoenix. I don't think the original has the Phoenix, actually, now, the more I think about it. Um, let me see if I can pull this up without doing the... No, shut um, I don't think, does the original one have the Phoenix? I'm trying to see if it does. Um, I do not believe so. I don't see the Phoenix. I, I don't see the Phoenix. And I, 
Was it even 100% what the Phoenix was? I don't know. Like, it was just her will to drive, her drive. Um, I don't know. I'll let someone in the comments say what it means in a metaphorical way in, like, three sentences or three whatever. Um, the close-ups of the hawk are hilarious. Like, the hawk is like, you, you better not buck on me, man. Buck you up, man. The Emperor is not exactly a good guy. So ex the Emperor, I believe, had... Uh, let me see. Let me see. Um, Khan's true plan is to capture and execute the Emperor for having his father killed. Okay, so yeah, there was this big thing with the Emperor killing uh, Khan's father. Do we remember why he did that? I think he was trying to... Uh, I don't remember exactly why he he killed or he tried to kill the father, but I'll, I'll like I said I'll have somebody else remember that or recall that. Um, yeah, so there's a crazy capture of him. I thought the the rope work and the the choreography, the stunt work, the practical stuff all worked for me. I don't want to disparage that. Um, the antagonist, Rohan, has a clear motivation, but he's too much of a Danny Trejo-type crazy. <laughs> um, what the hell? The witch save Mulan? Like, the witch clearly killed, like, a hundred-plus dudes, and then all of a sudden just changes sides for absolutely no reason. Didn't make any lick of sense, but okay. She's like, be who you are, and I'll join your side. And it's like, okay. Um... And so, yeah, in the original, that lady is not there. It's just a hawk that happens to follow uh, the Rohan around. Um, or whatever his name is, Bori Khan. Is his name Bori Khan? Yeah, okay, so Bori Khan is the guy's name. And I, I, I thought his name was Rohan, but that, that's what they are. That's what the soldiers are called. Sorry. So, um, let me see. Let me see. Alright, so I thought it was pretty cool camera work with the Emperor being um, being captured and whatnot. And, okay, so she has this big fight with uh, Khan at the end, and then at the very end, knocks him down. Khan gets up right at the last second and tries to do the arrow. She turns around and kicks the arrow back at him, and it hits him. Oh my, what? I was like, What? What in the Kung Fu hustle is this shit? I was just like, this is ridiculous. I was just, I was like, what am I watching at this point? <laughs> it's just like, wow. And so throughout this entire battle at the end, you're like, I really hope all my favorite characters lived. You know, the, the arrow guy, the dumb guy, the guy with the red lips, the chubby guy, the guy that's an asshole, the good looking guy. It's like all these guys, you look at them and then they're like, they're acting like they're dead for a second. And they're like slowly getting back up and they're like, Hey, we're okay. It's like, Hey, it's like, Oh my gosh, really? You couldn't take anybody out. And, uh, it's a typical, you know, Disney ending just having to let everybody be okay um i don't even think anyone had scratches i think they had dirt on them <laughs> so yeah i was like all right so we got some beautiful people at the end and beautiful attire i was like all right and i was like holy santa claus that's jet lee it's like my land what year is it um mulan returns home and uh i was like wow i did not know that this was written by 
the Planet of the Apes people, the Amanda Silver and Rick Jaffa guys. I thought that they had an, a solid trajectory of what was to happen, and the action relatively was doable. Um, you know, it, it worked. But uh, I heard it didn't work for everybody. It worked more for me for the most. Um, but I think the heart and the soul of this was just not there. The kingdom is uh, is in her debt. She brings honor to her family and her country. Loyalty, brave, and truth. And devotion to the family. Um, I think devotion to the family was the last thing that was written on the... Um, sword um and i said will this make more room for women leaders in their country like is this i don't like i didn't really feel like i i like i said i have just some problems with the the overall transformation of all of this i was like i don't know if this works or not um and I was thinking, is this narrator even necessary? I like did even thinking back in nineteen ninety eight. I don't even think the narrator was necessary like that. It's it, narrators are really very rarely necessary, in my opinion. If you can just show it, then why not? You don't have to have someone tell us. Um, but yeah, same title as uh the nineteen ninety eight shown at the end. Um, beautiful credits. I, I I like them. All English though, and the chi is dropped. The chi is dropped throughout the half the movie. Like the first half, don't show your chi. At the very end, uh, I guess let the chi fly. Um, it's not even clear about what the chi is or if she's got the chi. No one mentions it after about the hour and a half mark. It's like what the hell. Um, it's a very much a don't hide who you are. Um kind of mentality but i don't know i I don't know exactly if china believes that (laughs) um and yeah so they removed uh, there's no ancestors there's no dragon there's no cricket there's no songs and so with saying all that i gave it i think i gave it a seven out of ten although the more i think about it, it feels more like a six out of ten i think the visuals really just kicked it up a notch for me there was not enough story and there was not enough uh, charisma being flown throughout the main cast or a lot of fun being had throughout the main cast for me to give a much higher rating. It's too long for me to say that you want like an entire family to sit down and watch this and the, you know, the kids being under 10 years old, they're going to fall asleep or they're not going to care. Um, it's just too, um, I don't know. I, for, for me, I don't think I would, you know, show a, family this it's it's got it's hit a weird spot you know it's one of those things where it looks it looks good uh you probably want to watch a couple sections of it but you don't want to sit down and watch this entire thing i don't want to go back and rewatch this 115 minute time stamp again like uh, i i feel like i've done my time (laughs) i uh i was had higher expectations just from the story standpoint i thought that disney would have delivered a little bit better but because it went straight to disney plus you know you're not tied to being in a theater right now so i guess for 30 dollars, if you can get your money back if you have you know at least four people then that's when i would do it that's when and you had to watch it but otherwise i would just wait for it to be on disney plus there's no reason to have it right now 
So thank you for listening, watching Lucky Dog Podcast. Let me know how I can improve on the podcast. I have tons of other podcasts that we got coming down the tube. Like I said, we'll probably have the 1998 Mulan review coming down the tube as well. I just um, haven't decided how specific I want and detailed I want to get into it. I don't have the detailed notes on them like I do a lot of my podcasts. So I'm going to kind of play it by ear to see what works the best. Um, but yes, in comparison, I do think that 90, 1998 still is superior, although I'm not mad that this Mulan exists. You know, you don't have to be upset that there's a new Mulan. There's always going to be, uh, there's always going to be another uh, remake of something you love. You can't get mad because people try to remake something or try to make it slightly, uh, maybe a little bit better, at least attempt to make it better. But, um, yeah, I, I personally think if this would have hit a little bit more with a charismatic story and level, then I would have enjoyed it just as much as the 1998. Because I don't think the 1998 is a blow-away masterpiece like a lot of people say. I think that visually it's very stunning and I like the aesthetic and songs, but I don't think it's one of the best uh, animated cartoons from Disney. I, I still hold some of their more original stuff in higher respect although i do like the world they've built in both the live action and cartoon i don't understand why disney decided not to pursue some sort of television series i, I wonder if did they even try to do a television series at all with a uh, mulan because i think the aesthetic for mulan could definitely serve a brand new world i um you know how the proud family was essentially uh a, a their first reflection of black culture in Disney. I think that Mulan could have had a reflection of Asian culture in Disney. And I just feel like they kind of dropped the ball on that. Did they Mulan TV series at all? Let me see. Um, I don't see any. Yeah, I don't think I see. Mulan too much in any uh, television stuff at all. Um, she was Once Upon a Time, I guess, and House of Mouse, but that is not like her own series. I feel like they really have dropped the ball on this. They 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 could have. They have a, an entire world and an entire aesthetic they could use um, to create uh, a brand new television show, and I think it would definitely diversify the uh, Disney portfolio. So if the, uh, if anything, I hope that this movie brings more attention to, uh, you know, representation and Asian culture and with Disney, and we probably get some more, uh, live action and animated, um, production, uh, TV series, movies, whatever. Um, but yeah, so let me know how I can improve on the podcast. Uh, let me know what you thought about Mulan 2020. Uh, if I have any, if you have anything you want to add, or let me know before I record the 1998 Mulan podcast. Um, let me know about that. I'll be sure to add it or cover your questions there. For comments, questions, concerns, check out. At Look It Up Podcast, Twitter, Look It Up Podcast, Facebook, Twitch, Instagram, YouTube, Discord. Links are all down below. 
support the podcast, paypal.me slash the podcast for all donations. We could not do this podcast without you. Let me know how I can improve. I hope everyone is doing all right out there in this crazy 2020 world. Uh, let's keep on trudging. We're going. We're going. But if you're listening, then um, I appreciate it. Couldn't do it without you. Thank you. And take it. Something holds you back. When they find out who you are, they will show you no mercy. I'm Hua Mulan. I will bring honor to us all.